So we're holding in a story where the uh, Count, Be- um, Count Benkendorf wanted uh, to basically put the blame for the death of Laser Protegen on the Shapiro brothers. Now, and he sent his own investigator, which of course made up a lot of details. So when the count, he, he fabricated, he had his guy make up a lot of information and, and stuff like that. So when he showed this report to the czar, the czar was infuriated. And he demanded that a trusted soldier must make a new investigation. And he personally chose a guy by the name of Lieutenant Vasilichikov. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, um, to head up the investigation. So a few days later, Vasilichikov was um, given all the details of the situation, and he heard the, you know, the, many of the officials say that the Jews probably killed Lazar Protagon because he was an informer. And he went out with the intent his intention was, wasn't to find the facts. It was to verify this fact. Meaning, the, the fact is, he knows now already. He was told the Jews did it. Now we just have to find out proof. Even if it meant forcibly squeezing a confession out of the defendants, right? What do you, if, if, if you get brought to jail and the, the, the guy in charge asks you, who killed Laser Protagon? Was it the Jews? And you go, no, he killed himself. Oh, really? Okay. And they take a hammer and they smash your hand. And they, then they say, okay, tell us the truth. Who killed Laser Protagon? Was it the Jews? And you go, no, he killed himself, even though you're screaming in pain. And boom, they whack your hand again with the hammer. Now, how many times is it going to take for them to hit you with the hammer before you just say, fine, it was the Jews? Eventually, you're just going to say that because you want the pain to stop, right? You don't, you don't no, nobody really believes that. So, as soon as this lieutenant, Vasilichikov, arrived in Slavita, the Shapiro brothers, and everyone that was involved in the previous investigations, whether they were Jew or a guy, it didn't make a difference. They were interrogated, arrested, and thrown into this fortress which uh, that fortress serves as like the prison for the whole Kiev region. And as was the common practice in those days, the community gave the lieutenant a, a big present, asking him, they didn't say we want you to lie. They said, please just be honest. That's all, that's all we're asking. However, the lieutenant wasn't interested in keeping the money. And... Because he, he didn't care about the money. He wanted to make his job much higher. So he took the 1,500 rubles that was given to him. And he gave it over to the authorities and said, Ha, huh, see, here's the proof. The Jews are trying to bribe me. Why, why would they bribe me, a loyal officer of the Tsar, to be honest? If, if they were innocent, obviously they're not innocent. And the crying of the Jewish community was <coughs> as intense as you could imagine. The intensity was greater than, than the grief that was normally seen on Tisha B'Av, 
or by a funeral. But still, Vasilichikov ignored them. He didn't care. And he claimed that the truth must be revealed and all means were justified to accomplish his goal. Not only were the prisoners, uh, they had to suffer through these long interrogations when they were tired, exhausted, hungry, but they were threatened with additional brutality. They said, we're going to beat you. We're going to lock you up for 20 years. Anything else that would just throw fear on them in, in, and the whole attempt was to get them to admit that Laser was killed because he was an informer. Now, if the witness or the accused person didn't say what Vasilichikov wanted to hear, so he would be placed in solitary confinement. So you get locked up in a cell by yourself and no one sees you, no one talks to you. And they would also be beaten severely. Now at that point already, some of the suspects, and I'm using suspects over here because they weren't really suspects, but they were just arrested, and the witnesses, they couldn't take the suffering anymore, and they signed whatever piece of paper was put in front of them. Vasilichikov now had witnesses and an admission, even though he tortured it out of them, that Laser was killed because the Shapiros wanted him to be killed. So... The brothers continued to suffer in prison in this fortress for over three years while their fate was being decided by the court. And while they were stuck in prison, the Tsar acted on the accusation that other Jewish printers may, also, may have also printed Svarim that were not approved by the censors. So in order to prevent this from continuing, he ordered every single Jewish printing press in the Russian Empire should be closed with the exception in, of, of the printing house in Vilna, where the censor was the one who informed the government in the first place that Slavita Press was doing illegal things. Now, Seeing how determined the Tsar was to enforce this uh, very strict guidelines of censoring books, some areas, the, the people in charge, the, the, the pirates, pirates or whoever was there in charge, they decreed that all Yidin have to, has to give all their books to see if we approve of them or not. Anything that had a stamp with a censor would be returned. However, those that were, uh, any safer that came from out of the country or didn't have a stamp from the censor was confiscated. Anything that the local government decided was dangerous was burned. And if they weren't sure about it, they would just uh, send it to Petterburg and let them decide what to do with the books. And if nothing illegal was found, so then they would swarm would be returned to the owner. The Maskilim once again used this tragic situation to their advantage. And they informed or perhaps bribed the local police in many areas, that the main reason why the Tsar closed down all the Jewish printing presses was because of the books of the Hasidim. They claimed that even if the, the, the Hasidic books had the approval of the censor, the Tsar wanted them destroyed. And in many communities, the Maskilim helped the police conduct searches and check Svarim 
and confiscating every safer Hasidus they can get their hands on and burning them. You want to know why there aren't too many Tanyas left from the original few printings? This is the reason. Probably, probably a lot of them were burned. Um, additionally, they warned the townspeople that they would be severely punished if a Sefer Hasidus was found in their possession. Now this continued for three years. What happened three years later in 1843 by the Conference of Rabbis? Spoke about this on Friday by the Tzemach Tzedek story. Right? The Tzemach Tzedek succeeded in his demand that the government should make a proclamation that the only reason why Sifri Hasidus was not being printed was because there were no printing presses open and not because the Tsar was against Sifri Hasidus. And we will continue tomorrow.